0: are we doing? Hey, what's up, big fella. I can't wait. I know there's gonna be a take. I'm um, don't don't say a word yet. <clears throat> I could see you chomping right now. Look at you. There's just a lot spitting. of things. Up just spit just spit. <laughs> Well, we got to watch that game kind of
1: together the last yeah. what nine ounce, not even
0: oh man. Oh, so hot! So hot, <laughs> you're still hot from last night. You're
1: I'm so- hot because of like how you ended the conversation of how you're like, give me the microphone because like this dude single handedly ruined that. Like, in my head. I've seen that moment happen so many times where I'm just like, you just took the moment from that kid who's actually playing the game and you made it your own. And it's like you ruined it. You're not even playing yeah. the game, bro. So welcome to how to win a baseball game. We're going to talk about a baseball game, how to lose, and how to win a baseball game. How to lose, just, how to <laughs> win.
0: Um, so I'm going to set the scene a little bit. And then I want you – because I know – I already know. You're going to – you're, you're – <laughs> that face right there. You're so hot. I know. Uh, I've been in the dugout for that moment, um, by the way, so many times. Like where, like, it doesn't even matter what move was made post mound visit, but you're just like, why? Why? What are we doing? What are we doing? All right, so <clears throat> LSU-Oregon last night. I think we picked it up in the seventh, right? I was watching it since the fourth. Okay. So I'd been bouncing around because I saw a couple other games the Padres are playing too. And I was I had just kind of got home and was working on a couple things and and you texted me and you're like, "What is this?" And so we jump in and now go ahead. The scene is set. Oh no,
1: I sent you I sent you what fired me up, which was, you know, bottom of the 8th, oh. Oregon's stud closer on the mound, right? lefty throwing Buzz Nuckets with a sword. And this dude, uh, like, first of all, college baseball is, like, in my opinion, such an underrated uh, an underrated view of, like, the grind. Because so much of college baseball is is played without a camera anywhere. So, like, I feel like a lot of these kids, like, when they get a camera on them, not that they get nervous, they're like, I actually kind of have to hold stuff back. So now we're televised. I can't act like I, I hit a double and then I puff a heater on second base. You know what I mean? Like, they've <laughs> got to tone it down a little bit. So, that's funny. One of the things that heater. fired me up was man on second and third, bottom of the eighth, in Oregon, winner goes to the Super Regional, and you got like the five, six, seven up for LSU, no outs. And it's lefty,
0: like, lefty on the mound.
1: Lefty on the mound. And righty,
0: righty of the plate, been working. And
1: I don't know the statistics on LSU's butt history on the year, but I've been watching college baseball for a long time. Um, I don't think I've ever seen LSU win a game off of a butt.
0: And again, I don't think you're don't... allowed to. What? And the, if you're in the SEC, I don't think you're allowed to win by bunt in the SEC. I
1: honestly don't think SEC teams bunt unless it's like, hey, I've got 15 jacks in your third baseman's playing a mile back. I'm just going to lay this down to get a free knock. But so this is, this is my pet peeve on how to lose a baseball game. The game is played on the field. I don't know when it happened, and you've seen it too, but the wristbands – and the belt bands, and every pitch, the coach calls out, twenty-three seventeen. Everybody stops, and they do this thing, right? And then everyone does it, right? I get it. You want everybody on the same page, right? But here is where your control takes the control out of the person's hands who's playing, and this is where I want you to chime in, because this is what happened, guys. Man on second and third, LSU's 5, 6, 7 are up, Right? And Oregon's coach, who, by the way, is a good coach, he's got, like, I think he's, like, 108 and, like, 60 in, like, three head coach seats. Like, that's pretty good. And the dude sniffs out, hey, these guys are going to squeeze here. And they pick over I don't know how many times, right? Never squeezes. Ground ball to the first baseman. Guy tries to make a hell of a play at the plate. Now it's a one-run ball game. Now you got a guy at first and third. Now he really starts getting fishy on the squeeze and just takes this kid who's been, you know, relatively grooving pretty well. I mean, it's kind of hard for a closer to go three games. What do you have? Three pitches at the most? Yeah. Right? Like that's hard. And this kid's working. And you make him pick off nine times or whatever it was, probably like four times in like two pitches, and just not oh, this kid out of the groove. Felt like. And they keep going to the dugout, 23-15, 16-11, whatever it is. Eventually, communications gets lost because you're trying to communicate from the dugout onto the field, and these guys are playing the game. Maybe they don't feel that moment. The first baseman crashes, and the pitcher picks. Fuck. Tie game. Now you got a guy on second. Tie game, right? Pitcher didn't even throw a pitch technically to lose the game right? Like, he is, they've taken the ball out of his hands. Now, you got a guy on second with, I think LSU's, like, one of their hotter hitters at the plate, double the gap. Now, now LSU is on top to one run lead, and I think it took three pitches that the guy actually threw, you know? But even on, even on that play at the plate, he made a great pitch, and the first baseman just struggled. I mean, it was, like, LSU athlete, right? Dude, the hell of an athlete burning down the third baseline, right? It's a tough play, but when you, and this is where I want you to chime in, because this is your realm, not mine, because if I was a catcher and I'm just sitting here, I'm just like, so brutal. Like, this is bad. This is so bad. So, you, you've you seen that situation. What is that like to take... Pitching's already hard, so right.
0: tell me, what is that like? It's, it's, it's uh... I... I have so many thoughts on this. I I think that it's come down so much to the coach in college because the coach is the face of the program and he does all this stuff. And it's also the same issue in the national league where they're worried about the managerial moves and all this stuff. But like the coaches don't even make the most money in the game. And so like, I'm just over coaches. I mean, you can't even call me a coach. Like, They're just too involved in the game. There's one thing of its strategy and trying to do stuff. And I understand college baseball and the first to third play where you got to protect the squeeze because, you know, you have to figure it out. But either way, you know, second baseman's not in the right spot anyway. Looked at him in the video. He's – if you're going to do the crash, he has to cheat super early on that to play for it, which kind of opens up the slash. But you want them to kind of make that that – that you know, have that thought process as they go into it. And, you know – Game should be settled against pitcher versus hitter. And when you get too many, you know, Chiefs involved in the game, you know, there's really an, an issue. And we're talking about pace of play. And you know, that dude, honestly, he was like this on the mound when I was right, watching. Right. He was, he like, was running. Boom, boom. He, was, he was good. Rhythm is just so important. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's. The fact that we can play college, nine-inning college baseball games in under three hours, but we can't figure it out in the major leagues is, is crazy to me as well. But it's, it's obvious what the issues are. They, they just get so much more freedom than they do in college. So in this situation, it's hard to say whose fault it actually is on, on the pick to first. That, that's the really frustrating thing. You know, it's obvious the way that kid moved to pick. There was no doubt he was picking in his brain. He was confused as soon as he came set when the, he lifted his leg and the first baseman crashed. And he was like, that is not whatever signal slash number it is right there. So, I mean, it's just too involved. It really is. It's unfortunate. But you see it all the time. And there's a complete misconception in the game of baseball where that's the stuff that wins travel tournaments. That's the, tri- the stuff that wins these little games where you need to small ball and manufacture a run, right? but those people don't play in the big leagues. And that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to put together with stuff is like, well, we don't see that. That's not, you know, I'm pretty sure the Rays and the Dodgers had a couple situations like that where we could have had a, a squeeze play or something like that. And I'm pretty sure last year was like the first time we never had a bunt in the playoffs, but I I haven't confirmed nor denied that, you know, I, I need to look that up. Don't know where to find that information. So interwebs help me with that. Right. And it seems like this is why I asked you, why do you think college
1: football is the best? And one of the reasons why I was thinking about it was college basketball sucks to watch because they're calling plays almost every single time. You never see guys go out there and flow because when you watch guys go, like you see cooler stuff when there's less structured play. Because people aren't trying to stay within the boundaries of the structure that you're giving them, right? Mm -hmm. So if you tell somebody, "Hey, you know, we're gonna meet at the top of the key, run a pick and roll. This guy's gonna be open. We're gonna throw that. Yes, it's gonna guarantee a basket." And if they go play in the NBA, they need to know how to do that. But at the same time, quote gladiator, you win the crowd, you win your freedom, right? Baseball is a boring crowd game for so many people because of stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you're letting people lose interest because you're not even playing the game and you're trying to win. Like, I had this thought yesterday. Why is college football a little bit better? I still feel like you can call a play, but you still got to make stuff happen. And it's going to be chaos, right? When all that stuff goes down. So it's very free in baseball and in basketball, because you can take such measured shots, they try to do that. And so you get these guys that are really good at measuring, but aren't necessarily the best athletes trying to make really good athletes just measure. But it's like, you see the advantage in LSU. Like those guys, when they went up to the plate, by the way, that, uh, that Morgan third first baseman for LSU, that guy can play baseball. Like, the way he had an at-bat against that lefty, like, that dude was so in the moment. Like, he was – he looked like Juan Soto in there. He was was so free. And he was like – you could see the excitement. He got – he was 0 for 2 in the last two innings with two BBs to left field. Absolute BBs off of Oregon's best guy that most of his teammates struggled with, right? And then you look at, you know, maybe another team like – Tarleton State, a Division II program that I played in Texas, where every guy does the exact same pregame routine. Every guy is almost essentially dressed the same. Every guy does the – if they pop out to second base, they all run it out until the ball is caught, right? Every single one of them, right, on foul balls, every one of them, like, looks at their bat. They look at the foul pole. It's, like, the craziest thing ever – and sure, every once in a while, you get enough kids where the personalities work with the system that you're running and it makes it look like it works because you win a couple games. But for the most part, I feel like it's just the coaches that want to win that way. Like If you were to ask the kids, hey, do you want to win by safety squeeze? The kid be like, no, I'm trying to hit a ball in the gap or hit one over the fence.
0: Yeah. It does seem like uh, coaches are trying to do stuff. Like, they're trying to be involved. You know what I mean? I, I, you, just, you just saying that made me think about um, Luis Soho, my manager, uh, when I was in Mochis. And I just he, – he was 14-year big leaguer with the Yankees. And I, I constantly was just trying to get into his brain and learn stuff. And I was asking him about, like, how – you know, what, what's the deal with, with managing? What, what, what do you see? Because it just seems like you just sit here a ton. And he goes, if I'm doing my job, I don't really do anything. I just kind of watch the entire game. We win. I go home Go do it all again tomorrow. Yeah. We lose. I got to change something. Yeah. Something bad's going on. I got to move something around, move a piece or do something. I don't really want to do that. I just want to kind of ride the plan, do the thing we're supposed to do. I don't really want to leave my seat. I do my job. I don't leave my seat. I'm like, "That's that's a great point. That is a great point. Same thing well, with the umpires.
1: You really only want to hear the
0: umpires' name like once,
1: and that's in the beginning of the game.
0: That's about the only
1: time you ever want to hear the umpires'
0: name. I think it's terrible the fact that we know so many umpires' names in general. We shouldn't uh, know their name. What, what? Why are we? Why are we giving these humans power? They don't have power. Right. They're observing the
1: game and just trying to call it as square as they can. They're literally the like. You could argue the umpires are the biggest fans of baseball, <laughs> like because. They're uh, all agreeing, like, hey, we're just going to stand here and just watch. Like, that's that—that's so hard to do and to stay engaged. Like, they're so present. Like, for a home plate umpire to be 60-whatever years old and to, like, be good at seeing the plate, dude, that's that's hard to do. But he's involved. He feels the moment. I bet that home plate umpire last night would have looked at Oregon and be like, this dude ain't button. I just feel it right <laughs> now. You know, and... Like, but he's the guy that's involved in the game, right? The coach, yep. yeah, he's sitting down, but you don't feel what's happening. Mm-hmm. You don't feel this guy's presence in the box. Like, I remember feeling guys' presence when they step in the box and being like, oh, okay, or like, this dude ain't shit. Like, one or the other. Like, mm-hmm. there's variance in how that is. And just like you said last night, like, uh, or I, I can't even say it enough, When you take the game out of somebody's hands to make it your own game Mm. instead of letting that person figure it out, it brings me back to the idea of moves to win that we talked about in our last podcast. Like, you didn't really teach that kid any moves to win. Or if you did, at that point, you stopped believing in his ability to win because you had to get involved. Yeah. You know? So – it's hard for and one of the, the announcers, I don't know who's announcing last night, but he said something that was really important that goes with why you should do live at bats and not just summer ball and travel ball, but you should like just get reps. And all he talked about was this nineteen year old from Oregon came in, just shoved the door right in on LSU. And it throwing like ninety-five, just absolute gas, has like tattoos on his forearm. Uh, oh, I have a great hot take for pitchers, starting pitchers. Actually, maybe all pitchers, and you might be offended by it. But um, essentially, this kid goes in there and just absolutely shuts the door down. But the announcer says, you know, I'm really impressed by this kid for being, you know, a freshman and to not have a year of development and to have, like, an understanding of his pitches. And I was like, that's really true. Like, for a kid to go up there and, like, you know, slice up LSU, right, like, at 19, like, that's hard to do. So to your, like, opinion, right, do you think that a coach getting involved like that is – could ever be positive for a player's development to understand the moment, or do you think we're being too harsh on that?
0: Oh, goodness. I mean, you know, you get on the other side and you see the coaching side of it of, like, like what if they do squeeze he's a genius right Right, you know right right, right right exactly like if it squeezes if he squeezes and it works he's a genius right and everybody loves you know everybody goes oh man small ball right but it's just not that easy to execute a squeeze i, I mean you know the idea that that's an automatic thing for someone to get down and knowing things like i know like if you're going to bunt or you're going to squeeze i'm going to throw my hardest pitch to hit which would be my slider or my cutter and so two things are going to happen when i do that number one you're gonna change your angle without realizing that you are on your preset angle, because I know you're in college. And number two, it's gonna be moving late and away from you, which means that you're probably going to be lunging with it, right? And so I'm anticipating left side of the mound, and I know I have to option play to the catcher immediately, right? Yeah, it's it's kept, kept option, boom, option. For all you American guys that know the veer as we ran it in high school, we ran the wing T option, send the running back around the backside to a weird eye formation, and then let's just run. Let's and not... for those of you who don't think that works, De La Salle won
1: 140 something games in a row running that offense. Right, right,
0: and and it works until you run into SEC defenses that understand right. lateral, right, strategic lateral moves. So your squeeze uh, bullshit works. Yeah, exactly. Right, it works. Right. Right? It works when it needs to work, unless you run into somebody that knows what they're doing on the mound. And that's or the an thing. Fight, in sense. Right, right. Or a coach right. that understands, like, we're, right. there's a base open. Maybe we should just throw curveballs every time. And then he'll right. run it right back to the pitcher, right. and we'll glove flip it, and we'll go from there. Right. So, yeah, man, I don't. Last night was frustrating because that, like, or you could see that, that, like, just like you said, that kid on the mound was just. You could see him melt. Like, you could right. see him melt. Like, like,
1: what are we doing? heartbreaking heartbreaking i was like dude i feel for this kid so bad because number one baseball's a lonely sport you know like you stand there a lot of the time like away from a lot of people so you're in your thoughts but at that exact moment that dude was so lonely on the mound because he felt lost for sure he was like i'm out here shoving and you know yeah sure they scored one run but like now like i can't even pitch you want me doing all this it's just It's really interesting how, how, how like the, the idea of sports is to play the game, but how certain guys have like certain baseball coaches have, like we said, gotten involved, like they're playing the game. Oh
0: God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I didn't, you know, my, I didn't realize what I had in junior college and high school, where we were allowed to play the game where our, um, my high school head coach really didn't even do anything. And looking back on it, you know, he was going to retire, and there were a lot of things he could have done, but he also played double-A level baseball. So it made sense the way he kind of worked with us and how we did stuff. You know, he didn't necessarily – he was a – we knew what to do with the ball. We didn't have to necessarily – our baseball IQ as our team was pretty good, but we weren't very good at executing. You know, we didn't – we didn't win baseball games or anything, so – happens. Winning right?
1: hard. Hey, winning's hard. You can set yourself up for it, right? right. But like, for the most part, like, one of the things that I like, I watched, I've seen Paul Pulmonary, I think, I don't know how many college will I told you last night. I was like, I'm a <laughs> <You're> like a-
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, he was like, it's a great story. I just started giggling, I'm like,
1: yeah, like, But like, I saw him, so I remember when pre-BB Core LSU went to the College World Series, and there was a kid from Livermore where I'm at. He played on the same Babe Ruth team as I did, but he was like a year or two ahead of me. So I was 11 when he was out of the league. But he played third base for LSU, um, maybe a 300 hitter, maybe not. He hit at the bottom of their lineup. But I remember following LSU that year, and they always just ripped the shit out of the baseball. I've never seen an LSU team that couldn't hit. Like, Mm -hmm. ever. I've never seen an LSU team where, like, yeah, they're all defense and small ball. Like, every time... Don't they get, like, a thousand people at their practices? Like, that is, like, a true baseball organization, right? Mm -hmm. And I just remember hearing Paul Maneri, like, talk to his players. It reminds me a lot of Joe Madden. Like, when you get guys that create freedom for guys to be themselves, you get you get
0: these, like, these dudes that just step up. These hey, and you know, what's great? you know what's great about that, too, just thinking about last night was, did you see when they cut to him on the side in the dugout? He no. was as nervous as the players in the dugout. Oh, dude, he he, was he didn't know what he was, was going like, on. Yeah. He's bending over going, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be sick, right? Because he's so into the game, too, which really tells the story of, like, he didn't put no plays on. He's going to say, hey, let's hit the ball. And I was also
1: thinking this at the same time. Look at the difference between the two coaches. The other guy, he had a clipboard. He was sitting down. He had shit to do. Paul was just sitting there. He's just kind of like, man, (laughs) this is a good game. You know? Great game. This is a great game. Just watch it. You know? And I think there's been a few LSU players that have stood out. And one of them was this guy named Jared Mitchell that never really made it, but he was a first round draft pick for the White Sox. Dude was pretty good at LSU. He was a two sport player. He played football. He was like a fifth string, like, like a wide receiver for LSU. But then, like, when he's on the baseball field, like, nobody's faster than this guy, right? Which, I mean, shows you, like, how crazy athletic football players are, right? Mm-hmm. Then they just walk over the baseball field, and it's just like gangbusters. But the guy played with so much, like, fun. And that's what I see when I see LSU baseball. I see guys that have a lot of fun. Like, I saw a guy leave the yard yesterday named uh, Dugas or something like that. Do deadlifts every day, for sure. Huge. And, (laughs) like, he hit a ball. And just, like, when they got into the dugout, like, you could – this is why I love college baseball. There's such a good camaraderie between those guys. And you could see the love. And even on Oregon's side, right, they love each other too. But, like, your coach would, you know, take the bat out of your hand or take the ball out of your hand, right, where Paul is just like, go play. Go play, and that's why he's been, I think, to the College World Series so many times. That's why I think he's, you know, the Bregmans and the um, the Nolas and the Lemayhew. Not Lemayhew. Did he go to LSU? No, no. One just understood. a Louisiana-sounding last name. I that is a name. is a very Louisiana. <laughs> but there's 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 a few guys that have come out of that program that are really like they're just fun to watch, and I think that's an important factor that he. He does, which is make the game fun. Now, you know who didn't have fun was that bullpen guy last night. They kept cutting to him. He's just standing behind the fence. Like That dude was pissed. But here's my take, and I want you to hear it. I was inspired by Dustin May because I have never seen a meaner-looking dude on the mound. Like, when that guy's on the mound, I'm like, dude, that dude looks like real crazy. And you know, a lot of the pitchers that I've caught in my life, the prettier they were, the worse they were in tough situations. Mm, the uglier the pitcher, the better they were in tough situations. Very anecdotal there. Very, Very anecdotal. <laughs> so if I were to be a college baseball manager, like when I sent you that, I tell all my recruits, I don't want a single pitcher that's good looking. I want the grossest 90-mile-an-hour throwing dudes so they're just up there, just attacking the zone. I'll take hitters that are a little pretty, though. I feel like pretty hitters, you know, they got a lot of pride. You know, they got that Machismo and stuff like that. But I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like pitchers are like hound dogs. You gotta like, it's the cat and the dog. You gotta make the the hitter into the cat, right? And so I want a dude that's up there that's just like, yeah, you bit my face, whatever. Like I'm right here. Like I'm standing right there. That's what I want. And I felt that from a couple of the, like, LSU guys and a couple of the Oregon dudes, they were a little ugly. Not going to lie. So, you know, that's that's my – if I were a college baseball coach, I'd tell all my recruiters, hey, I need ugly pitchers. I want
0: absolute dogs. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, I have, uh, you know, I've gone both. I've got clean-shaven beard, long hair, short hair, you know. I would say it's, it's uh, depending on what works, right? You can oh, yeah. all options. One sticks, you're just going to ride that for the season. I think it is seasonal or career, though, you know, because a lot of those things have lifespans, if you may.
1: True, true, very true. You can only have
0: a – well, Don Mattingly took his mustache
1: throughout a whole decade. It was excellent.
0: Yes, yes. Now, did you happen to catch the Arkansas game? uh i don't think so i probably have to watch wheels on that oh my goodness you're in you're in for a quality absolute oh first thing that pops up lsu and uh oregon on wheels good job if anybody isn't if anybody isn't subscribed and following wheels on youtube you're completely missing it this might be one of the coolest channels that has figured out how to speed up baseball games, Nebraska, Arkansas. Okay. What a ball game. Number one in the country, Arkansas, Nebraska. I don't want to ruin it for you, but man, 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 man. Let me, let me scroll to a two to two, two to two bases loaded in the eight. No, I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. Here we go. Here's a, oh man, I'm so glad I found this. Okay. So. Here's what we got. Two two, I and eight. Nebraska had a baseball team, to be, <laughs> to be honest. I like, it's too cold there. Hey, and these dudes are – they play on the road. You know what I mean? Like, that's all oh, those yes. – all those teams play in indoor facilities and, and play on the road pretty much. Um, and they're, you know, their home field is basically for um, playoffs, all right? Uh, so, anyway, two-out walk, right? Okay, two-out walk. We get a guy on. They got a, We got a right-hander for Nebraska that's pumping 92, okay? Another two-out walk. Four-pitch walk. Base is juiced. Two-to-two, right? Okay. many outs. Two. Oh, fuck me. He gets two quick outs, right? And here's the thing. Both guys start – he goes slow, slow, fast on first two guys. Gets him 0-2, goes heat, goes punchy, heat, goes punchy. Oh, two outs – Goes first pitch, heat, misses, goes 3-2, but doesn't throw the breaker, right? Like, mainly all heat, like weird, and misses up, 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 right? Next guy, breaker, bounces it, breaker, bounce it, ball, ball, right? And then all fastballs again for the four-pitch block to load them. Now, here we go. First pitch fastball. This dude's all right. over
1: the place with his sequences.
0: Like, right. I'm just trying to figure it out. First pitch, fastball, ball, a uh, little bit up, very close. Second pitch, spikes it. Spikes it, and the catcher stands no chance, right? But here's the thing I noticed during the game, and you can't see this on wheels. Arkansas at home, sold-out stadium. I couldn't tell you the last time any of these Nebraska kids could handle the pressure of what those stadium was putting on. Wow. Oh, man, wow. Loud, energy, music, lights, the whole thing. And he spikes it. I, it's so loud. <laughs> First lead of the night. Two outs and an eight on a bounce pass to the catcher. Sounds like third and goal at like Pittsburgh. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal these guys getting after them. And then, I forgot, and then after the bounce pass, 2-0, Peter, number 19, hits a moon ball. Absolute moonshot out of the stadium with the crowd. And you got to see the crowd go crazy. It's, um, it's 100% what baseball should be in the major leagues. And all of these people are tied into the moment. They're having fun. And it's, it's, it's what we miss, you know. A lot of the atmosphere that is created in baseball at the lower levels is inside the dugout. And that's not exactly how you do it. And it's not pre-pitch. It's not cheering, right? It's emotion to the situation. If you react to the pitch or to the play, that is entirely okay. You can do whatever you want, right? But the rah-rah thing of the eyewash to stay in the game, right? It, first of all, for all you parents and players that don't know this, that is brainwashing because all they're trying to do is keep you in the game. That's all they're trying to do. They're just trying to – you watch the pitch and you do, you stay there. That's what, The hey batter batter thing, that is designed to keep you focused on the batter. That is an absolute auditory device that does that. And there's a lot of things inside the game of baseball that do that. And if you don't know what's going on and you watch Manny Machado, you might think that he's lazy if you don't understand what's going on. Because he doesn't play hard. Because you don't see him run on and off the field. He doesn't hustle from the moment he leaves. Right? And that's it's just a different thing. It's a different game completely. And you can see that in this stuff, in this little warfare of the situation where a lot of these guys that are playing college baseball – know exactly what's gonna happen because their coaches have made it very easy for them to to handle this thing. He, this ball this guy throws is the weakest ball he threw all game and listen to it. I think we're gonna get screwed on commercial. Yeah. I just graduated commercial. 10 people from yeah. my mentorship program yeah. this morning and on average. Hate that. <laughs> there we go.
1: Dude it's so loud like you just hear the ding of and- it Instant, like it's and they're beautiful. going, they're going crazy. Was that a dude who hit that though? Was that like a yeah, guy? Yeah, it was a dude. I love how college baseball, like, truly ends up like, well, baseball always seems to end up like whenever somebody blows a lead, you always end up in this position of like, all right, and you got to go through your three, four. Like, Oregon had a shot last night, they had their two, three, four, and five guys come up after they blew it with a one run, you know, or they had two runs to go, excuse me. So oh your boy Thompson that you talked about, he was duded last night. Came up big.
0: Came up big, big. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. It's fun to see him it's fun to see him, you know, doing his thing at, at that level and, and, you know, he's a he was a very talented athlete, you know. The um he had a couple of uh he had a couple of good
1: like heads up moments that again like if you make robots it's hard to have these heads up moments where you know guy on second it's a weekly hit ball right handed pitchers falling off to the left side of the mound third baseman's playing on the line he goes up and makes a play fakes the throw makes the spin turns around runners on the bag but he did it with so much like speed right? It was just such a playful thing that the rudder, like, he actually, like, he reached for the bag. He was like, oh, shit. But he wasn't anywhere close to being out. Right. It's just the idea of like, hey, I'm playing this game in such a creative way. Like, I'm just, like, looking for outs, right? There's no, like, rule that says you have to get it and throw it to the force out. Right, Just you find that hidden ball trick, man. There's a reason why it works, right? Because it's just another way of getting an out, right? It, that's, dude, I had this conversation with We have a major league umpire that works at our facility, and every once in a while, he and I, like, hit these agreements where it's like, dude, how come nobody else thinks like this? Like, I was telling these kids the other day, I was like, what are the two ways you can actually get on base? And, you know, they were like, "Uh, you get a single and a double. And I was like, yeah. And then they all kind of like, well, you get walked. I was like, and? You get hit. I was like, what's the other one? It's narrow. I was like, so there's only two things that happen: Either they made a mistake or you got a hit. One of the two things, right? The other one is you got out. There's only two out of three things that can happen. And you guys need to understand that drawing a walk is a great way to knock it out and just like not swinging at certain pitches. And that guy was like, you know how crazy that is that you just said that? And like, there are so many big leaguers that talk about that, but it doesn't trickle down. Like, there's, it, it never really trickles down. That Morgan kid that I was talking about last night, that left-handed closer was getting tons of people with fastballs up, sliders down, fastballs in, sliders away, just making them track and work on balance. He didn't bite once. Got a pitch to hit, 2-1 count, both at-bats, smokes balls to the left side, right? But he got those pitches to hit, by not swinging, because he wasn't getting reactive. He was so calm. Yeah, sure, he was, like, jumpy, but he was, like, having fun. He wasn't, like, rah, rah, let's go. He was, like, it reminded me of, like, he was doing live at-bats with you. Like, you were, like, you jumped on that cutter, and he was, like, I know I did, but you didn't get me. Like, he had that (laughs) playful mindset. Yeah. Like, I got to stand up so I could, like, he took this pitch, right, on a slider, Like, he took it, right? He goes, boom. And he kind of hops. He's like, hoo-hoo. Like, he kind of, like, smiles, (laughs) right? Because he was like, I was close. I was close. You almost got me. You almost got me. But he stayed playful. He's – and I think that's a a big thing that is an emphasis for me on this episode right now is, like, play the game. Don't create, like, these – maybe situations that are, like, kind of low percentage and then you're trying to meet the low percentage with another low percentage thing or whatever it is. Just, like, hey, do you have good athletes at first and third base? Yeah. Trust them to make the squeeze play then. You have a two-run lead, man, like, play with some balls. You know what I mean? Like, like, act like you guys can score seven runs like you did in the first eight innings, right? Like, act like you guys can play the game and create stuff it seems more of an artistry, you know, like baseball really is like an expression of an athlete's ability. Like your ability to talk about like what you can do with a baseball. That's just like an artist talking about, I can use my paintbrush like this. I can make it like this. I can do that. I can do this, but that only comes from like painting. That doesn't come from somebody telling you, okay, John, now you need to make straight lines going this way. And then we do this, like, Now I just know how to make straight lines, right? But I don't know what I like to do, speaking as you, right? Like, maybe maybe John likes to, you know, draw the space. He likes to draw the stars. He likes to draw the Milky Way. These lines have nothing to do with that, you know? So if you're a guy that likes to, you know, throw 95, that's awesome. But what, like, someone just taught you how to throw hard. What else are you going to do with that? Right, Like, okay, you're incredibly gifted. And I'll use this art analogy. You're incredibly gifted at throwing colors together. All of your drawings suck. So it doesn't really matter. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that, that's just a big emphasis, I think, for my future in coaching. And this is that question that I asked you, which was, when and why did structured college baseball happen? Oh, man. Like, that's something that really I felt like has – like, the numbers thing. Like, I don't remember that happening. And then one day it was, like, everywhere.
0: Um, I mean, for me, it's always kind of been there because it's in the south. So, I'm assuming that the teams that – I'm assuming that the teams that were the best uh, back in the day were the ones that had the best systems, and that's what pretty much college baseball is. is like there's a system. You just plug a player into a system, and he gets better or gets worse. But, you know, he just – you show up, you do this, you do that, and then, you know, it works from there. So, I mean, I don't know, probably the 80s or something like that. You know, I would say that some 70s or 80s, somewhere around there where – because it's very military. That's I always say the militarization of baseball is, in college baseball is the worst part. It's and that's so, what I mean by the structure. Everybody, it, it does look like a uniform when you were saying that earlier. It, it, they, they don't want players with their name on the back of it because it's about the team. But the team is about the coach. So it's just a whole circle of like narcissistic situation. Oh, I'm going to rip
1: on Oregon's jerseys yesterday.
0: Those yeah, numbers looked like duct tape. And Some drunk dude just came and ran in
1: at a black shirt.
0: Why were they? Why were they wearing coaching tops? What were you doing? With no buttons. The, like two the buttons. logo was dope. The logo was super cool. And two button. Happened. A two button coaching top. What are we doing? With no button. Yeah. No. But no, there was no button. No buttons. No button. What are we doing? With
1: duct tape, giant like like some blind alma mater was like, you know, I sit in center field, I can't see the pitcher's number. Nike needs to
0: figure it out. Nike. First of all. F-I-O, please. F-I-O, 100%, okay? Oh, here's a, um, here's an
1: interesting uh, thing that I thought of while I was watching the game. Do you ever watch the on-deck hitter's reaction to a guy in front? Like, say you, you sword that dude up, you K him up, right? Let's say he's hot, right? Do you ever look at the next guy up and, like, see what he
0: does? You know, I have, but it's not. You're just so locked into the guy right in front of you. You know, I, you're trying to, I was just curious. Yeah, you're just, and when he walks up, you're just like, "Oh, hello, sir. Hi. Yeah, it's uh, time to dance. Ready to, ready to see what we're made of here." The you know, reason I, I
1: asked was Dylan Cruz. Did you watch that guy last night? Um, who is he with? He's on LSU. They call him Mini Mike Trout. Apparently, oh, the yeah. just like, yeah. just. Amazing. Right. Oregon's dude swords him up, right? Just like he was doing everyone else. And they showed they showed him swing and miss. And then they showed the on deck hitter kind of just go like, Eesh. like, oh man, if he got him. And I was just like, Man, I feel like you already lost that at bat. You're already going up there like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I thought of like hitters should really have like that they really should have a cold samurai mindset like he got him, but he still has to get me, and so um, I was just thinking about that because I was like, when this dude was mowing everybody down, you know, you look invincible when you're mowing people down, right? Uh-huh. And to see that hitter's face go, oh, man, that was uh, that was tough, right? But it was just a split second. So I just thought I'd ask you. I was like, you ever you ever noticed that? Like maybe you're you just slicing through a lineup, and the guy on deck is just like, what in the hell?
0: It was just yeah, a funny no, little moment. It is. It is. It really is. It's a you know, it, we can go back and forth. The, the game is great. The game is terrible, right? Like, it doesn't – it just depends on – man, it just it just really depends on, I guess, the players that are – if everybody's on the same page, if everybody's out there trying to have fun, it – I always say that if there were no coaches or adults on the field, the game would be completely different. It would be 100% cul-de-sac baseball like I grew up with. You know, Sandlot, cul-de-sac, same idea. And if, when you watch an adult league game or a Sunday league game in TJ and there are no coaches and the coach is coaching third and playing shortstop because that's what his job is, is to kind of float around and do stuff. You know, there's just a different process because there's different respect level because it's like everybody has to do their job, but it's also like you have to, if you screw up, that's the guy that's in the lineup that's on your team. It's not like the coach got involved there. So, you know, I'm, I'm anti-coach. <laughs> Even the guys that we work with, I'm just like, Hey, you know, we try to help you guide your brain like a, like a caddy, but I don't need to be at the game. What is me being at the game going to help you do nothing? going to create anxiety. There's going to be all kinds of stuff because you're going to be wondering what I'm thinking, right? Instead of just being, you know, controlled in your thought process and staying true to what you're feeling and thinking and being present and being present minded, but also present located, you know, like understanding what you're doing at the, at the exact moment.
1: Present, located, and present mindedness. Yeah. Those are super important. And What you said earlier about the manager, it's almost like
0: the coach is doing a good job the less he has to really say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. Stay out of the way. Let it happen. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. Just stay out of the way. And there's a lot of people that want to do stuff. I get it. I get it. But what are you going to do? Honestly. You
1: know? It's really fascinating really fascinating like how how it's really gotten to the point where it's like because again, you think about those two coaches, Paul Maneri, who's been at LSU. I mean, dude, he's I think been a a head coach in college baseball for like 30 plus years, like for a long time, right? And then Mike Martin's about 40, right? Before he Mm -hmm. retired, he was like Mm -hmm. 40-something years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Mike, Like, those guys, like, at some point, they probably understand, again, like, you know, charts and all this. That stuff is great. But at the end of the day, like, it's the players that play the game. And if they're not necessarily figuring out how to progress, that's when you help them. But you don't need to, like, hold their hand every at-bat, you know? I've talked about that last time. Like, kid steps out, hey – You know, get your hands to the ball, blah, 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 blah. There's the dad behind the dugout doing this to his son. Like, get over the top. Like, it's like, bro, jail, dude. So it's that same thing where it's just – So I don't know if I said this on the first or the second one, but one of the Gracie fathers, after his sons would lose fights, he would buy them presents. But after they won fights, he wouldn't buy them anything. He's like, I don't want them to get discouraged. I just want them to keep playing. Because the more you play, the more you're going to understand. So I think that's – it's super important that we get kids to play the game, but that means you got to play the game the right way, right? Which, honestly, maybe the best way to teach kids how to play the game is, like, coaches should just honestly – maybe there should be, like, a a guidebook, right, to – how to actually coach practices to teach people how to win games because that's what it is. And like how you said, it is pitcher and hitter. That's 85% of the time, right? The other 15% is so massive. It's so massive. But, like, that's where kids get lost. That's where we got lost last night, that 15% where,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, something, something weird happened, but you could have just let the 85% take place. Yeah. You know? It wasn't like he was doing bad. And he had a two-run lead. And it's not like he's your last guy left. Come on, man! You've got you got a whole bullpen full of dudes. Like, oh my god, dude! That poor dude. If they had lost that game, I told you I would like call. I would have call, called Paul and be like, "I'm transferring. I'm out. I'm, I'm out, out, son. Yeah. Last thing that I want to ask you before we gotta sign off here. So we've got a a summer where. Um, you know, I think development's coming back. You've got, by my love, it. you've got development coming back like um, like that guy said. Guys aren't playing, now they were playing, you know, after a year of development. So this summer, right, is probably going to be the first summer in quite a while that I really believe we're going to see a jump in player development, at least where I am, because I'm watching a lot of these kids right now, and I'm like, dude, you kids are like, you're doing a lot of really cool stuff because of kind of where the pandemic put us, like in terms of like kids are getting out of school at like 1130 so they can go to baseball and like, you know, they're taking advantage of this stuff. So for the summer, what are some some steps that you think would help a hitter or a pitcher to just help them develop through the summer to like how we talk about help them win baseball games for their team?
0: I would say increase your frequency of competing inside the hitting or pitching space. Mm. Um, whether that's watching video, trying to put yourself in the situation and see if you can understand what pitching pitches are gonna come. Blitzball, I think, is a phenomenal hitting tool for guys because it's so far outside the range of movement of what you would see normally, and that can really make it easier to hit a baseball when you understand that it doesn't have those capabilities. Right? It's literally a lesser moving um, version of the game, probably probably less speed too. Um, so that you know, that's fun. Um, I think I think educating yourself on like what actually works and and being able to evaluate yourself is is the biggest thing to know are, are things working or not you know what I mean I think that's the biggest you know you can you can go you can go to a tournament and go oh for oh and get walked every time you there's nothing you can control about that you know and and right. you know you don't see a lot of bunting in tournaments because, you know, if it were my kid and he got asked to bunt and he got limited at bats, I'd be like, what are we doing? You know, I understand what's great for the team, right? But when does it, tell me when a double doesn't solve the problem? I need to know that. When does, it, when does hitting a double situationally not solve any problem? Tell me that literally never, it always yeah. will solve the problem. It's like, right. there's never a bad time. Right, it's my response now every time. Where right? I hey, let's get the butt down. Let's hit a double. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. do that. Get the butt down. Let's hit a double. Oh, it's not that easy. Well, there's guys out there that that's what they do. So maybe not that easy for you in the way you're thinking about it right now, Mister Negative Nancy. But right, that guy wants to hit a double over there. Why don't we do that, that, guy? that guy's probably going to have better success in the moment because he has
1: desire to. <laughs> To get after it. He's like, let's hit it up, bro. It'll no, be good. You. Good piece of advice. Increase your frequency of playing the game.
0: It's a good one. It's a really good one. I like that nugget. You always do that. You always ask me questions for me to say things. Well, that's the point of having a conversation. It's true, but you're, But you, <laughs> what I'm saying is you lob up things out it very well
1: today. Oh, well, that's the point of playing the game. You can't have structured conversations because then you don't get this free shit that happens. You have yeah. to just ask these, right? Like, I wanted to ask something that was because I think that where you and I are, we understand, like, there's almost like places once you get to it's like, okay, now you're ready to work on this. But like, you have to do so much, right? So like, what did this guy just ask?
0: How do I take an opportunity to have fun, make it learning or educational opportunity? My example, talking to my son, to take my son to an MLB game, ask questions, let him enjoy the game. Oh dude, for sure ask, for, oh my God. Okay, here's like all you gotta both. do. Like both. This is all you gotta do. Yeah. All you gotta do, right? Is ask him if he recognizes the pitches that are being thrown when you go to the big league game. Make sure in a good spot to see the pitches. No, even then you can. You you doesn't even matter because you can look okay. at the radar gun. You can okay. look at the gun. Right? Oh, okay. I person, see what, okay. Right. Yeah. And then see if you can see him identify it. And then if he doesn't, just know that the speed of the radar gun will tell you what pitch it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you, I got that. you right. You you've got to learn those. And if you can if you could you could probably pull up on baseball savant, whoever is pitching, and show them the speeds so he can start going eighty-four is a slider, ninety-five is a fastball, seventy-two is a curveball, right, eighty is a changeup, right? Right. And then have him see if he can guess what pitch is coming. Ooh. That's a fun game. And then he'll he'll be a hitter. And then you can watch him, well, why'd he throw this? And then you can have a conversation. You take someone to the game and they don't even know what game they're watching. Like the game is not watching Tati's at shortstop. Unfortunately, it's not right. It's not trout and center, right? It's, it's none of that. That's not the game. When you not go good. to a baseball game. That's not the game. The game is Jacob deGrom went to San Diego and threw 14 cutters in a row and struck out nine guys in a row. Pretty dumb. That was crazy. He was striking out everybody in three pitches on the same pitch. Every lefty, he threw a down and in cutter, either strike strike or strike ball. And I just watched him. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. And no one's paying attention. And He's throwing the same pitch to the same spot to the same guy. Just whack, whack.
1: And that, that kind of brings me to how I would answer that guy is like, the exact same thing that I tell every single kid you need to get really good at beating people online in the show. If that's an opportunity you have. Yeah. because Like, especially if, if you have the ability to like really dedicate, like, I know this sounds like really kind of silly to dedicate time to a video game. The only reason I say that is because you learn these pitch trails, right. And you understand how the ball moves. And you can see like, oh, the fastball moves like this and his curveball goes off his fastball like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And so to
1: John's point, right, then you take the game in the batter's box or behind the plate or on the mound and the guy has an understanding. Once you know your release point, what does A look like? Then you know what B is going to look like and C and D. And I explained that to one of my hitters the other day and I was like, you got to follow guys misses sometimes because sometimes a guy – will follow their miss because it's a lot easier for him to correct off of that than to make a totally different pitch because uh-huh. now he has to do something totally different instead of like, okay, I made a little adjustment here. Like I pulled my slider. I'm going to go fastball away here just to uh-huh. see if I can just flatten it out a little bit. That's, that's my two cents on that. Get him to play the show or watch, uh, watch Twitch show games, right? Watch wheels, but like, the, the idea of, I think, knowing how the ball moves, and I learned this from John, is super crucial because once you know how the ball moves, the shape of the ball, like we talked about in the last podcast, like balls have different shapes. Different shapes do different things. Different shapes mean you have to react differently. And as a hitter, learning to hit a curveball is really hard when you try to hit it like a fastball, like John said, because a fastball is shaped like a straight line where a curveball shapes like a mound, right? So if I try to hit a mound like that, it's just, it's awkward, right? Instead of trying to meet it, boom. So
0: just learning how balls move. Totally, totally. That's a great, that's a great piece. Well, well I mean, friend, you I gave think, me, you gave me that, that, that.
1: No, idea, but you said it. You said right? it. it's all you good. You gave me that idea. But yeah, nope. um, I'm going to shout you out real quick. Um, I want you guys to pay attention to how many of his 8 to 11-year-olds know how to throw hard. That doesn't even mean they throw hard, like they throw 80, but they, like, they, for my young ones out there, they yeet the ball pretty well. And that's one thing that, again, it's like sometimes kids are scared to throw hard or swing hard. And so with what we're talking about, like, that's the coaches getting sometimes super involved, like, no, 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 But just like the hardest thing is like when you know how to throw and catch the ball, that's a really big part of the game. When you can do that hard and accurately, it's super important. So there's my shout out to you.
0: Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, guys, um, go follow my man, Alex Rojas, Namas Strength Athletics. Um, dude's got some awesome stuff coming out. Um, pretty excited about. It. He's a movement guy, catcher, coach. Look at him! Look at him flexing right now. Look at him moving. Look at him. You know, well, my back is kind of tight. Did a, a lot of M- I'm getting involved more in my MMA
1: stuff right now. Trying to get my uh, get my fight game up a little bit. Just, but dude, it makes me
0: think about baseball so much. <laughs> like yeah. I think about it like it's crazy. Right. Well, and it's it's. The- sequences right it's all the other stuff the, the your training partner oh my god armbar master goodness oh dude that guy if you guys want to watch a really good highlight of
1: some really fun jujitsu grind for glory 101 it was a jujitsu master from the bay area he's not really a black belt but he's an absolutely phenomenal brown belt dude competes and if you are a baseball player and you're done and this is my last two cents please do jujitsu if you're done and you're just like, you're trying to get into something. I really think baseball players like jujitsu because I think we're the fastest reacting athletes really. And I think jujitsu is a lot about fast reaction. do Not to necessarily move fast, but if you can think faster, right? That's going to allow you to execute faster. So to any baseball guy that's not playing anymore and you're looking for something and maybe you like contact sports, but football is a little nutty, right? Jujitsu.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, guys, don't forget, follow all of our stuff. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, follow Alex. Check out all our stuff. We'll have some more. We have a lot of things. We have a lot of things we have to figure out. We have a lot of things. And, and we, will, we will definitely get that figured out. Uh, if you aren't playing the show, play the show. We stream the show on uh, Twitch all the time. Um, one of my employees is really good at the show, which is fun, but it's also why the way I learned the game, I learned the game, all the, you know, ins and outs and stuff playing uh video game baseball growing up too. And if you're anti video game, then you don't understand the benefits because speed of decision making is a real thing. And video games can help you with that. And that's, what's fun about that too. So speed of decision making, that's a real, that's a real thing. So appreciate it, buddy. Thanks. Have a good day. Um, You're the man. man. Go change the world one pitch at a time. Go change the world. Affect the world. See you, buddy. Later, guys.